Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. God wants to do so much more through your life and mine than we can even begin to imagine. This has been one of the things that I have believed for a very long time, and I have seen God do this over and over again in my life. I believe He has more. Do you believe that today? God has more for you. And I want to talk today on the podcast about what it means to have an expand mindset. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Or frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. I'm talking today about a chapter from my new book, The Multiplier's Mindset. It's the second mindset shift that is needed if we want to see the multiplication of disciples in our area. And the phrase that goes with this expand mindset is don't ask God for school books when God can give you a ta-ta truck. And I'm going to tell you where that phrase comes from and what the story is behind that. We've been talking, and last week we talked about faith. God can do it here. God can do it through me. And I hope you listened to that that one, and you were able to rise up in faith to have a, a scriptural, a biblical mindset that God is actually in me, and he can do this through me. He is able to do this through you. Now, today we're going to take this another step forward. And again, in the first section of my book, The Multiplier's Mindset, Thinking Differently About Discipleship, I talk about our realigning with truth. And I think that's where we have to start. If our mindsets about God and about ourselves are not correct, if we have faulty ideas about that, we aren't going to be able to multiply disciples, no matter how many great skills in disciple making we learn. So that's why I started the book and why I've been starting this month to talk about these key mindsets related to God and ourselves. So the next one that we want to talk about today is expand. Don't ask God for school books when God can give you a Tata truck. When we were living in India, there was a time we had previously lived in Nepal for about 10 years. And we went back to Nepal. I went back to Nepal with a friend and 
we were visiting the church planners there. We were uh, training and doing ongoing coaching there. And one morning I was sitting out, I was looking over these beautiful uh, green rice fields. And in Nepal, they have these gorgeous terracing that they do of the fields and they farm the mountains. And, and so I was looking out over these gorgeous fields and I was praying and seeking the Lord and the Lord dropped into my mind this modern day parable. And I want to share this parable with you today. It's in the book. You want to read it in the book as well. But let me just share with you this story as we talk about an expanded mindset. I was there in Nepal looking out of the fields and this story came into my heart. It's the story of a farmer. There was once this Nepali farmer. He was just an ordinary man, a simple man, never had been to school, but he was a good farmer. He worked his farm well. And whenever he would sell his rice and sell his vegetables, his cauliflower and other things he was farming, he would sell them in the big city and he would get profit. And when he made some money, he would invest that money in other businesses. Instead of just like selling uh, you know, using that money, I mean, to, to buy saris for his wife or uh, extra things that he wanted, a new phone, he would instead invest that money in new businesses he heard about. Now, again, he wasn't an educated man, but he was very savvy with investments. And after he did this year after year, year after year, the law of exponential growth came in, you know, and one day, one of those investments in a company that had grown fairly large sold and they paid off the shareholders and this man received a large amount of money well he thought to himself i i don't want to spoil my sons he had three grown sons but i i do want to share with them what i've been given how should i do this he wondered to himself and he he thought you know what i'm going to do is i am going to call my sons and ask them to ask me for what they need. I'll tell them I've received some money on my investment, ask me for what you need. And then according to what they ask, I'll see what they, you know, what I can do to help them. And in that way, I won't be spoiled, uh, spoiling them. So he called his sons, they came and they, uh, he said, sons, I've been investing some money, I received some money, a return on my investment. And I just wanna let you know if there's anything you need, you can come to me and ask for it and I'll see if I can help. Well, the oldest son, he was married and he had a child who was just starting primary school. And uh, in Nepal, you, you have to buy your own school books. Textbooks aren't provided and you have to pay for those. And so his son had, had this child who was just starting school and he thought, you know, if dad could pay for those books, that would be a big help to me. It was about uh, $20, $30. So he went to his father and said, father, would you be willing to pay for the school books for our son this year? And his father looked at him and he said, I think I can do that. And he went in the back room and got the rupees and handed it to his son. And his son went home happy and he and his wife bought the school books and they were, they were thrilled with what their father had given them. Well, the second son, the middle son, he actually worked in the capital city of Kathmandu and he just came home on the weekends sometimes, but he worked for a travel agent and he was living in a rented room and he would go back and forth from the travel agency where he worked by bus every day. And he thought to himself, he thought, if I could just buy a bicycle, 
with what father was offering. If father could help me buy a bicycle, I could be able to not take the bus. It'd be more convenient. I wouldn't waste money on bus every day. And so he went to his father and he thought before he went, he thought, if I if I ask for a new bicycle, that might be too much. My father's just a simple man. He's not very well educated. And I'm just not sure that he could really have enough money for a new bicycle. And so I think what I'll do is I'll ask him for money for a used bicycle. I've got this friend who's selling his bicycle and um, I'll do that. So he went to his father and he said, father, next time he was home, he said, father, I've been thinking about your offer and I would love if you could give me about $50, $60 and I could buy this used bicycle. It'd be a big help. Well, his father heard the request and he looked at his son and he said, son, I think I can do that. He went back in the back room and he got the rupees, handed it to his son as he had to the elder son. And the son went away happy. He went back to Kathmandu, bought the bicycle, and he was thrilled with what his father had done. But the third son, the youngest son, he was grown, but he still lived at home and he was still farming with his father. And he thought for a long time about his father's request. And he thought to himself, you know, my father is a simple man, never been educated, but my father is the smartest, wisest man I have ever met. And I bet my father, I've watched how he spends his money. He invests his money very wisely and carefully. He never wastes money. I bet he has a lot of money. You know what I'm going to ask him for? I'm going to ask him for money to buy a Tata truck. If I could buy a truck, I could start my own business and I could help the family and we could take the vegetables back and forth from the uh, from our village to the city and sell them and I could start my own work in that way and I'm going to ask dad for a Tata truck. So he went to his father and he said, dad, thank you so much for your offer. I've been thinking about it and I would love if you could help me buy a Tata truck. If I could just buy that truck, I would be able to make my own living and contribute to the family. And his father looked at him and he said, son, I think I can do that. Let's go to the bank. So they went to the bank and they took out the money. They went to the city, they bought the truck and they drove that truck. The son drove that truck into the village. And as he did that, many people from the village came out to see what was this new truck and who was bringing this truck into the village. And the oldest son came out and he saw the truck. And as he saw his brother in it, he thought, where did he get money for a truck? And so he called his younger brother and said, did you know that our younger Kancha brother has a truck? And, and he came running and he went to the younger brother and he said, brother, bye, where did you get the money for a truck? The, the youngest son said to his brother, he said, well, I asked dad for it and dad gave it to me. Well, the, the, the eldest son was angry. Again, he called his, his brother, the middle brother. He said, what did you ask for? <clears throat> the middle brother said, I asked for money for a bicycle. The oldest son said, I asked for school only for school books. But Papa, <coughs> excuse me. Papa has given our youngest brother a Tata truck. Well, the middle son said, I'll come home. Let's talk to Papa about this together. 
So they, the middle son came home and he and his older brother, they went to the father and they, they asked their father, they said, father, if we would have known that you had a lot of money, we would have asked for a Tata truck as well. Why did you give so much to our youngest brother? And you only gave uh, me money for school books and you only gave me money for a, a bicycle. And the father looked at his two eldest sons and he said, sons, did I tell you that you should ask me for whatever you needed? They hung their heads and said, yes, Papa. And the father said to them, and did I give you what you asked for? And again, they said, yes, Papa. And the father said to his sons, he said, sons, then you need to be content and happy with what you've been given. And the brothers, they left the room and they were sad that day. You know, when God dropped this parable into my heart, I knew he wasn't talking about trucks and school books. He was talking to me about the kingdom. He was wanting me to believe him for greater things, for more, that he had so much more that he wanted to give me. But the only thing that was limiting what he could do in my life and through my life was my ability to believe in who he was and what he was capable of. God wants us to believe him for more. He wants us to expand our dream, our vision, our mindset to believe in what he is capable of. I wanna ask you, those of you who are listening, listening today, who do you most identify with in this story? Is it the eldest son, the middle son, or are you like that younger son, so close to Father God that you know who he is and you can ask him for big things and believe that he will give them to you? And I also want to ask you, how does this story apply to your disciple-making efforts? What is God speaking to you today? And what causes us to only ask for school books? It's not that God isn't capable of doing more. What is it inside of you, inside of me, that makes us ask him for so little? These are questions we need to think about. And I hope this story has, has given you hope and faith that if you really think about who he is and what he's capable of, you can ask him for more. Paul prayed for the Ephesian church that they would ask for more. And he encouraged them with who God was. In Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, it says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. When we know who he is, when we know how great his love is for us, we can then believe as Paul did and say this prayer now to him 
who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. It's not our power. It's God's power. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. His power is immeasurably greater than what we can expect or imagine. God in us is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond what I can ask or what I can imagine as he works through us. I hope and pray that today you will not just ask for school books, but God will stretch your vision, your mindset to ask him for more. What is your Tata truck? It may look different than my Tata truck, but what is it that he's wanting you to believe him for in your neighborhood, in your community? God has more. Are you believing for multiplication of disciples or only addition? I want to encourage you to think bigger. Think multiplication. Don't just think about what you can do. Don't just think about what your church or your denomination could do in your community because a multiplication vision will always be bigger than what you or your church can do alone. He wants us to expand beyond ourselves, beyond our church, beyond our organization. What would happen if lots of believers here got excited about making disciples, were trained and equipped? What could be released if ordinary people started making disciples around you? God has a dream and a vision that's bigger for you. And I want to give you an action step. In this next week, I want you to pray and ask God what he's wanting to do. Ask him what's on his heart, not what do you want to do? What do you want to see him do? But what is he really longing to release in your community? And then write that down. Write down an expanded vision for disciple multiplication for your area. A vision that includes not just addition of disciples, but what would it really look like if the disciples that you make started to make more? What if they started new groups of disciples? What if the small groups at your church started making new small groups and those groups made more groups and you actually saw this multiplication beginning to happen? Write it down and then share with at least one other person and pray together about that dream that God's begun to place on your heart. That's your action step for this next week, okay? And um, again, I encourage you, if you haven't yet bought a copy of my new book, The Multiplier's Mindset, Thinking Differently About Discipleship, grab a copy. You're going to be able to dive deep into these concepts and these mindset shifts. The first section on God and me, things that need to change, how we think about ourselves, how we think about God like this one, expand. Uh, the second section is about new mindsets, about how we think about others and adjusting our perspectives. And then the third section of the book is on new mindsets, about how we make disciples and adapting our strategies. I'll just give you a quick sneak preview. In part two of the book, we talk about grow, grow the gospel through new and pre-believers, then leaders how we make leaders, not pew sitters. We talk about an open mindset that believes the harvest was ripe in Jesus' day and it's still ripe now. We talk about baptism, baptism for everyone and by everyone. The mindset of all, all people, all Christians are appointed to accomplish all activities. 
we talk about a mindset regarding ladies, how not empowering women is, as Uncle Victor said, stupidity at the highest level. If we want to see more multipliers, more disciple makers, we have to equip and disciple women and train and release them to be disciple makers. So that's the second section of the book. The third section is about pioneer. It spells pioneer and it's about adapting strategies and um, there's more that I'll share about that in a future episode or go ahead and get the book again I encourage you to go to www.multipliersmindset.com you can download a free sample chapter if you're not ready to buy it yet but I encourage you to go ahead and get a copy of this book and maybe even get one for your team or for other people that you know who need to hear this message and I believe this book is going to help you as it helped me. I was stuck in old mindsets, old ways of thinking that hindered me and my team from seeing multiplication. And as we began to change our mindset, as God began to change our mindsets and our beliefs shifted and we began to change up here in our thinking, we then began to shift our behavior. And as our behavior shifted, we begin to see different fruit and different results. And I want that same thing to happen for you and for those that you're working with and dreaming together with for an expansion of God's kingdom. Embrace an expanded mindset. Remember, God is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond what we ask or think. Do that action step, write it down, whatever God's speaking to you this week, and we will see you in the next episode. God bless. Imagine a world where passionate followers of Jesus come together to multiply, transforming lives beyond imagination. Instead of toiling with little fruit, what if God's abundance flowed beyond your wildest dreams? Picture those you've invested in sharing Jesus freely, creating a ripple effect of disciple-making. In her new book, The Multiplier's Mindset, Cynthia Anderson reveals how shifting mindsets can revolutionize disciple-making. When Cynthia and her colleagues experienced these mindset shifts, they saw enormous results including the launching of 19 multiplying movements in Africa and Asia, transforming tens of thousands of lives. This book will help you discover hidden harvesters, see church members move from passivity to passion, and release the power of simplicity in multiplying disciples. Don't remain stuck. Learn to move toward greater fruitfulness. Visit MultipliersMindset.com and get your copy of The Multipliers Mindset today. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media, and please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.